Well, the Coyotes took their two losses to the Los Angeles Kings to heart and absolutely stomped on the Chicago Blackhawks at home at the Mullet. We'll talk about that on today's Locked On Coyotes alongside Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Locked on Coyotes, your number one daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. It's a crossover episode al- alongside Locked on Blackhawks. I'm your host, Robin Leonio, alongside hosts of Locked on Blackhawks, Jack Bushman. Matthew Jacobson, my co-host, is off tonight. Uh, as, uh, he had is actually working at the mullet tonight, so he, uh, yeah, I decided to give him the night off. So just Jack and I can talk about this game as the Arizona Coyotes take the Chicago Blackhawks eight to one Jack yeah I mean it got out of hand there in a heartbeat because the Blackhawks actually started off this game on a pretty good note Robin Connor Bedard kicks off the scoring in the opening 30 seconds a beautiful setup as well by their first selection in the 2022 NHL draft and defenseman Kevin Korchinski and then I thought they were you know building off that fairly well cycling the puck in the offensive zone Particularly, the top six forward lines seemed to be having their way with the Coyotes, but once they found the back of the net, it, it felt like the Blackhawks just kind of fell into panic mode. I don't know what went over them, but to go and give up eight ans- unanswered goals the way that they did uh, was certainly disappointing, especially coming off a, a very big comeback win over the Vegas Golden Knights in their game prior, where they really showed a lot of heart and tenacity and Felt like they didn't play that style at all this evening and were way too soft defensively, giving up odd man rushes and too many breakdowns in front of the net. And it it was just their worst defensive performance of the season and uh, kind of unfortunate because early on, like I mentioned, I thought they got off to a good start, but um, things got out of hand real quick. You know, it's interesting because um, going back to the preview episode I had alongside my co-host Matthew is like... I, the Matthew actually was was going to go with the uh, you know the curb stomping route and say so it was like oh yeah it's going to be a complete route for the Coyotes. Uh, I was going to give the Blackhawks a little bit more credit. I was like, look, the Blackhawks they're as you as you mentioned. I was like, yeah, you know they've got things going for them a little bit in the last couple games. Uh, maybe the Coyotes' confidence is down. It's going to be a little bit of closer game. I still predicted a win for the Coyotes, but I. I sure didn't ex- didn't didn't expect uh, a defensive performance from the Blackhawks in in that capacity at all. Yeah, and considering, and this isn't a knock on the Coyotes by any means, but the schedule the Blackhawks had leading up to this game, I mean, they had already faced the defending Stanley Cup champion Golden Knights twice. They had faced the Boston Bruins twice as well, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Colorado Avalanche, and yeah, they got shut out in a couple of those games and lost three or four to nothing. But even going into the third period or midway through the game, it seemed like things were still a little bit competitive. And in this one, you could just see once it got to four to one early on in that second period, five to one thereafter, I mean, the tires just completely fell off and yeah, wound up being the Blackhawks worst loss of the season. I didn't expect it whatsoever either, but uh, I guess that's what happens when you go in and maybe underestimate a team a little bit and Blackhawks defenseman Seth Jones and 
forward Nick Felino both spoke about that after the game saying they think that's what happened a little bit. And the Blackhawks just aren't in a position where they could do that, especially on the road, uh, going on a, a trip where so far this year they've mostly been on the road. So they, they can't afford to have efforts like that with a, a very young lineup. So it was pretty disappointing that it wound up going that way and it, it really just happened and, and spiraled and it seemed like they couldn't do anything to stop it. And I feel like one thing too is like if you were to take a look at uh, the stat sheet, you know, take the uh, take the score completely out of it. If you were just to take a look at, you know, the rest of the stats, shots on goal, uh, face-off wins, hits, everything like that, it looks like it's a pretty even game, right? Just <laughs> things just, you know, dominoed one after another. It just went in favor of the Coyotes and not in against Chicago. Yeah, there were a couple of particular bounces that wound up behind Arvid Soderblom. Uh, one of those being the hat trick for, uh, I'm blanking on the name right now. Michael Carcone. Yeah, Michael Carcone, um, which we thought was going to be Logan Cooley's first NHL goal there for a second, but that was a whole walkie bounce. Uh, Arizona also had a goal go in that it looked like was kicking motion, but it wasn't. It was just a bounce off the skate. So just a couple of things like that. And then a couple breakdowns defensively for the Blackhawks where they gave up really good looks. And yeah, it just wound up being one of those where the stats maybe got padded a little bit worse than it was. Um, but those things happen every now and again. It's not fun when it does, but hopefully this is one that this Blackhawks team is going to be going to uh, be able to flush and they're going to need to because things aren't going to get any easier in terms of their schedule moving forward. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm sure that's maybe something like, you know, every now and then you might expect a game like this, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks um, are at a point in their rebuild in which that, that these games, games like this happen. Right. And still thinking about what they have on their blue line, Robin, even with Alex Devlasic, Alex Vlasic, who is considered a rookie this season as well. They had to call up Isaac Phillips from the Rockford ice hogs their minor league affiliate. And this was his first game of the season. He took a couple of penalties, wasn't really looking all that comfortable. And then Kevin Korczynski still getting his feet wet in his 10th NHL or ninth NHL game, excuse me. So they're still very young and inexperienced. They're basically their whole left side of the blue line is rookies. So yeah, nights like this are going to happen, but it's all about learning from it. That's really the name of the game this season is figuring out, you know, what these young players need to do to become comfortable and make that step to become everyday NHLers and go through that grind of a regular season and learn how to bounce back from it along the way. The expectations aren't crazy high for this Blackhawks team. And it would be foolish to think nights like this are just never going to happen. There's still going to be bumps in the road, but uh, it's all about how they respond from it and not allowing it to snowball and turn into more outcomes like this in the future. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you want uh, from on the uh, on the Blackhawks side you want to highlight before we uh, flip things over and talk about the Coyotes a little bit? Yeah, I, I do think um, at least for the Blackhawks side of things, it was a night that the top line can maybe build off a little bit. I know the final score isn't going to be indicative of that, but Connor Bedard, I thought had some good shifts and I thought got good support again from Nick Felino and Philip Kurashev, two guys who. I thought were some of the better looking Blackhawks players on the ice this evening. And that's kind of one thing that's been missing so far in the early going that we'll probably touch on. I'm sure a little bit more throughout this episode when we get into Connor Bedard and Logan Cooley, but if it's felt like Connor Bedard has has to, has had to do a lot himself here in the early going with 
Taylor Hall out due to an injury right now. And it's been really key these last couple of games to see him getting um, some help alongside him and also establishing some chemistry with a guy like uh, Nick Felino, who's built a really good relationship with Bedard off of the ice as well. And Philip Kershev looked good in his uh, third game back from injury as well. So not many positive takeaways for the Blackhawks from this one, Robin, but um, I, I did think that top line, at least at times, moved the puck well and created some good looks, and Bedard wound up cashing in for his fourth goal of the season. Well, well, well there you have it. Well, we're going to talk about uh, continue talking about this Arizona Coyotes versus Chicago Blackhawks. It's once again, Arizona takes the win over Chicago 8-1. to one. We're going to flip and talk about the Coyotes coming up. But first, a quick word from our sponsors on today's show. Yeah, I got to talk to you all about game time. You all should not have to worry when you're buying tickets to the next big event. And game time is the fast and easy way to purchase all of your tickets to the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And I personally have used game time, Robin, since I was way back in high school for probably close to a decade now when I was just 17 or 18 years old going to Blackhawks games or going to Chicago Cubs games. And it's always been the easiest way for me to purchase all of my tickets. I love how they send me images of my seats. So I know exactly what I'm getting before I buy the tickets and uh, they get to my account exactly when I want them to never any delays. I highly recommend you all go and check out the game time app right now. You can also get $20 off on your first purchase when you use the code LOCKDOWNNHL. Again, get $20 off to come see Connor Bedard at the United Center or Logan Cooley at Mullet Arena by using the code LOCKDOWNNHL when you download the Game Time app right now. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed Game Time. Well, we want to thank everyone once again for making Locked On Coyotes and Locked On Blackhawks your first listen every day also as a quick reminder that you can listen to all the coyotes and blackhawks hometown broadcasts on the sirius xm app all you gotta do is just download the sxm app and just search up coyotes or blackhawks and you'll be able to get it get them on there also our our podcast you can also find them there as well but let's flip the script jack let's talk about the coyotes and some of the things that they've got going in this game because there was a lot there's a lot to unpack if you are looking on the coyotes side of things um I want to address the uh, the first one, the lacking bit, I would say, before we talk about what went right. Uh, and I saw on your keys before the game that one of the is to shut down Nick Schmaltz and and uh, and Clayton Keller. Both those players were completely off the score sheet in this eight one win for the Coyotes. So I guess that that part worked for them, but the rest of the committee just stepped up. (laughs) Yeah. When doing some research on the Arizona coyotes before going into this matchup, I noticed in their three wins, Nick Schmaltz and Clayton Keller had been paramount to that 10 points combined in those three games, as opposed to just six points combined in the four losses. And if you went and checked the box score after this game and you see those two out of the stat sheet, you probably would have liked the Blackhawks chances of coming away with a victory. But obviously we know that wasn't the case. We saw, Multiple point efforts from guys like Alexander Kerfoot. Jack McBain had an absolutely dazzling goal uh, late there with a give and go from Alex Kerfoot to just walk through the Blackhawks defenders. Uh, Carcone obviously had a hat trick as well. Boyd wound up with two points. It felt like everyone on the Coyotes wound up putting up a point except for Keller and Schmaltz. 
But I did want to ask you not only about the performance from some of those players tonight and who in particular stood out to you, but also what have you thought of kind of this supporting cast out of the Arizona Coyotes through their first eight games of the regular season now? Is this something that, you know, you've seen coming? Is this a kind of a coming out party for them? What what are your thoughts on that? I feel like it's it's just like a night and day just like sigh of relief over the last couple of years for the Coyotes because the supporting cast in the previous couple of years was designed for tanking. It was designed for like, yeah, we know this team is not going to be any good, but they picked up all the right pieces, picking up uh, Sean Dersey, picking up Alex Kerfoot, picking up Matt Dumba and a lot of these players like they were they were integral to showing that this team was ready to compete. And I mentioned that all throughout the offseason. And it, a game like tonight was just proof of that. Michael Carcone surely, surely was no surprise to me at all because those that list, have listened to me every day and have been following my content over the last several years know that I've covered the Coyotes for the last, uh, covered the Roadrunners, excuse me, Tucson Roadrunners, the minor league team, uh, for like six years, seven years. Uh, Michael Carcone, the last few years of that, was a huge integral part of that, including had last season being the uh, AHL's leading scorer. So it surely was no surprise to see him do something like this, but it was his first, his first hat trick in the NHL, which I think was absolutely awesome to see. And as, as you mentioned earlier in the show, that third goal, it looked like it could have gone to Logan Cooley, but heck, you know, it's either Logan Cooley's first goal or Michael Carcone's first hat trick. I, I, either way, I couldn't complain. Yeah, um, just a special night, obviously, whenever something like that occurs, and you'll take it however you get it. And then for this Coyotes defense, one thing I noticed as well coming into this game, Robin, was their ability to kind of pitch in offensively. Sean Dersey now has four goals this season, I believe, through their opening uh, eight games. Has that been a big part for the Coyotes' success as well, the defense being able to chip in? Oh, absolutely. I was worried for a while, like what kind of defense would be we'd be looking at after Goss Despair being gone after from last season and uh as well as um Jacob Chikrin. A lot of, you know, pretty integral parts of the Coyotes defense in the previous couple of years, I was like, all right, this team looks this defense looks pretty depleted. And like I mentioned, picking up Dersey and picking up Dumba were huge. And as it shows, Dersey, as you said with his stat line, like He's been huge. I mean, heck, there's a reason I have him on my fantasy team um, <laughs> because he's been he's 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 been that integral. It's I think it, it's like I said, it's been it's been like night and day. It's been like a huge breath of fresh air having a guy like Dursey on the team. So what has been the other keys to the Coyotes getting off to this 4-4 and 0 start? Because looking at their schedule, they have a win over the New Jersey Devils. They've also picked up wins over the St. Louis Blues, now this Blackhawks team. And even in the games that they've lost, it's been to some of the better teams out of the gate in the entire NHL, the New York Rangers, Islanders, the Kings. What have been the keys for the Los uh, excuse me, for the Arizona Coyotes to get to this point? And kind of what do you think they need to build on to continue uh, to, to keep racking up points here in the early get-go? You know, I, I, I think it's just, you know, working on the chemistry of the players as well as kind of like having that. I I, I I have a feeling that they have that kind of misfit attitude where they kind of like, it's a team that everyone still tries to write off and they just won't let that happen. Um, despite that, because I think everyone's was ma- made fun of the coyotes when, 
they mentioned, I think I forgot who mentioned, I think it was either, I think it was uh, the uh, general manager, Bill Armstrong was like, yeah, we're trying to be more competitive this year. Um, all this, And I think some like national media or some other like hockey Twitter took that as they're going all out or go, they're going to win now mode. Like that's not what they're meaning. They're just meaning that they're going to be a competitive team. We've, and that's exactly what we're seeing. Even in the games that that they've lost, they still showed competitiveness. Yes, I know the win, the loss to the two losses to the uh, to the Los Angeles Kings were collapses that shouldn't have been. Um, but there were minutes, there were moments in those games in which they showed that competitiveness. They didn't play a full sixty minute game. That's on them. Um, but the wins that they've had have been all that impressive. So, what are kind of the expectations from here, it felt like going into this year, the top of the division was pretty clear cut in the Colorado Avalanche and the Dallas Stars, but the rest of it felt up for grabs. And there were some people out there saying maybe this Arizona Coyotes bunch is the sleeper, maybe not only of the Central Division, but of the Western Conference. What are your thoughts on that? And what are your personal expectations going forward? Yeah, so uh, Matt and I have been pretty consistent on our viewpoints uh, that the Coyotes is the kind, or they're kind of a team that will probably flirt with the playoff spot. They'll probably spend like maybe a month or maybe even two months in a barely a playoff spot. I feel like they are a bubble team at this point, where like they could surprise and very well make that second wild card spot. Um, but like they're going to be like floating right around that area where it's going to be like maybe like fifth or sixth um, in the in the Central Division. They're still going to surprise a lot of people. I do feel like they're all they are a lot of. They are, bet- they are a lot better team than anyone else takes them out to be. Hey, and who knows where that can take them if they keep finding a way to put themselves in games. Crazy things happen in this sport, and I think there are far crazier things that could happen than the Arizona Coyotes getting in the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. I want to, but, but before we kind of talk about a little bit about uh, Cooley and Bodar, though, I want to ask you something, and I and I showed it here on this uh, on a on the little sidebar here, but. Have you ever seen a game in which there were two Gordie Howe hat tricks in one game? No, actually never. And I'll tell you what, Robin, not only does that astonish me, but the fact that Jared Tenorti was getting in a, trying to get in a fight when the game was seven to one actually blew my mind. Like a little, a little late there, bud. There, there were a couple of things that were a little late in this one pulling yep. Arvid Soderbloom when the game's six to one. It's like that probably could have happened an hour ago, but sure, it is what it is. And then Jared Tenorti, get, that was a, a shake in my head type of moment to see that that fight actually happened at that point in the game. But no, that is probably a feat that should be Googled or, or looked around uh, on the sports world. If you know by chance, is it the first yeah. one? So it is. Um, the first time here was an interesting thing. So the two players that got it for the Coyotes are Liam O'Brien and Jack McBain. The last time in the at least the Coyotes organization, um, uh, Coyotes slash Jets 1.0, that two Gordie Howe hat tricks happened the same game was Peter Taglianetti and Andrew McBain, Jack McBain's dad, February third of nineteen eighty eight. Wow. It was almost meant to be, wasn't it? I would like the moment the t- the uh, the script sports TV prod- broadcast put that up when the Coyotes outside. I was like, "I'm sorry, what? That is absolutely amazing! That that's the last time it happened." Yeah, that's stunning. Wow, history in the desert this evening, I guess. 
I, again, like, you know, you've seen stuff like that. I, you know, again, it's, it, it's pretty fun. That, it was, that's, it was a pretty fun game. That's the bow on top of just the weirdness that was this game between the Blackhawks and the Coyotes, Robin. Absolutely. Well, we're, what we're going to do is uh, coming up after after the break, we're going to talk about uh, what I'm pretty sure a lot of people wanted to hear about. I'm talking about Logan Cooley versus Connor Bedard. We'll get to that right after this. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Jack, the moment everyone's been waiting for on this Logan Cooley versus Connor Bedard. It's interesting because Cooley was the third overall pick in 2022. And we're talking about versus the first over first first overall pick in 23 with Bedard. But for some reason, this was this has been a lot more hyped, mainly because I think everyone's saying without a doubt, Cooley was the best draft pick out of the last year's draft. So the hype was real. Yeah, I mean. The 2022 draft was a weird one in and alone of itself with everything that happened with Shane Wright. But after seeing what Logan Cooley did in his freshman campaign with the University of Minnesota, I think the Arizona Coyotes feel good about who they selected at number three and obviously wound up with an assist tonight, did not get credited with that goal and still looking for that first NHL tally. But Robin, I feel like you got to be happy with, what is it, six assists now for Cooley through his first eight NHL games. Can you kind of talk to me about what you've liked about his game, how you thought he's blended, and uh, what you think he needs to work on still a little bit? Yeah, you know, I really I really just like that Logan Cooley is, like, able to, like, be everywhere. Like, he, like you can feel his presence anytime he hits the ice. There were, there, I mean, there's, like, maybe, like, one game in which – he just disappeared, but like one game in eight games, I feel like that's, you know, that, that's amazing for a rookie. And with those, you know, with those, you know, six assists, I believe, I think either tied or at least second in the, uh, in the NHL for uh, points with among, among rookies. I think the other, only other one would be, I think uh, Luke Hughes, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it's up, he's up there. Right. He's just been absolutely impressive. Yes, you're right. He's got to get that for a school, and it's got it was bound to happen. I was hoping it was going to be, you know, tonight against the Blackhawks. But again, I'll still take the assists. I feel like what he needs to work on mainly, Jack, is he's got to f- f- focus on like taking the shot himself rather than passing. I feel like his main priority these these first few games has been passing the puck. He's great at that. He's got no issue with that. He's just got to take the shot sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's tough for those young players to figure out that blend of trusting their own instincts or trying to make the two the the fancy play and finding that middle ground and just realizing that making the simple play is the one they they need to wind up doing. But I also wanted to know what have uh, the Coyotes done with Logan Cooley so far this year in terms of putting him in the lineup? Where where have the spots that he's been in has he been in one consistent spot or have they moved him around at all i feel like he's consistently like at least in terms of minutes 
getting at least second line center minutes, which is a broad word. I think he deserves. I think he's eventually going to get first line. Um, but right now, Barrett Hayton's commanding that. I feel like you just don't want to mess with that line of Hayton, Keller, and Schmaltz. I feel like they work pr- too perfectly. Um, but up until, I believe, when Jason Zuku was injured uh, last week for the Coyotes, like Zucker and Cooley, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, Kerfoot on the other wing. Uh, like that put, that line looked pretty good. Like every time they hit the ice, it's like it, it seemed like they were comfortable with each other. Um, but I feel like that's, you know, Cooley is just kind of sticking around comfortable up there. And he's, I mean, he's, he, and then it shows. And six points, by the way, um, is tied with Connor Bedard as well who got his six point with a a goal this evening. I feel like this has kind of been two different starts to these rookie seasons for these two players, because Cooley is the one who's still looking for that first NHL goal. Whereas Connor Bedard has been able to call his own number, but hasn't gotten a lot of help in terms of setting up plays thus far. And it's kind of been a little bit of a polar opposite start where the Blackhawks are still figuring out how to build around him properly with what they have right now. And, it's something that they addressed in the summer, but they're still working on it at this point in time. Do you feel like Logan Cooley is eventually going to get that opportunity with Nick Schmaltz and Clayton Keller? Do you feel like that's inevitable, or do you think there's more benefit to kind of letting him figuring it out on another line and trying to create more depth in the lineup? I feel like it's a bit of both of those, because I feel like, He's going to get more comfortable with what he's at right now, but he will get that opportunity with them at some point this season. Um, it might not be next week. It might not even be next month, but it's probably maybe like come all-star break. It's like, all right, you seem really comfortable where you are. Let's try you with the top dogs and see where we and see how lethal this can get. I mean, we've seen and, and we've seen how great he can be. If you saw anything of what he did during a preseason and yes you can only you can take preseason for a grain of salt but in the game at in melbourne australia his you know spinorama you know jumping shot like he's shown he's able to yeah so we'll see we'll just have to see yeah the talent absolutely speaks for itself and it's fun having these two special talents meeting up for the first time i wish it was a more competitive game robin but uh, i do feel like these are going to be battles that we're going to enjoy watching for a long long time oh i have a feeling that uh the uh, the logan cooley versus Connor bedard is going to be it, it could very well be like the next like uh mcdavid versus matthews or ob versus crosby kind of like you know everyone wants to watch those kind of games i know and it's kind of cool that Look at, look at our two teams. Look how far they've come. And to, to think that there is that promising of a future where uh, other folks might be watching our two teams go head-to-head for a long time is certainly special air to be in. Absolutely. The, uh, and, and I think that's, that's the thing, especially this year, right? I feel like the, the Calder trophy watch, I feel like Owen's going to be focusing on that. Like, I, I, I know, a lot, I know he, uh, people who listen to my show all the time know that I'm going to try to advocate for Logan Cooley to get it so much, but like, I mean, I'm going to be honest it, this, I mean, it like it's for this season, it is the darts to take. <laughs> like, I feel like he's got the, like he's got the best odds, at least at this point, I think if at Fandle had him at like, like my, the only person who had like minus odds, like he was favored like by a decent amount. I feel like it is, it is his to take. He's just got to keep, he's got to keep on that, uh, on that trajectory. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I do think it's probably, yes, it is still his to lose, but I think it could be closer than people expect just because I, I do have concerns about the Blackhawks supporting cast around him, especially if, and knock on wood, I hope this isn't the case, but Taylor Hall's missed some time here in the early going. It's only a week-to-week injury, but it's pretty clear right now without Taylor Hall, it just doesn't seem like they have enough around him to consistently be having him produce, hence only two assists through the first nine games of the regular season for Connor Bedard. I fully trust his goal scoring. That's always been the ability that I think was going to translate the easiest for him so far with just the release that he has. It, it's special. I mean, the goal that he had tonight, it was on his stick and off of his stick mm-hmm. in, a, in a hurry. And that's not going to be a worry, but I, I do wonder how many points he is truly going to rack up in terms of just like how, the assist, because that's where I think he's going to struggle. Yeah. And I, I do feel though, that, that, that does still kind of like take a look into the value that, you know, both these players True. add to other respective teams. Right. Like if you, Connor Bedard doesn't have, you know, doesn't have as much of the support as we're, as you're talking about, like, yeah, you know, Taylor Hall is injured right now. And, you know, but regardless, I feel like, you know, and it shows that he's still excelling. Otherwise, Logan Cooley, on the other hand, you know, has a team that's on a, on a, with a different stage of their rebuild and they're coming out and they're looking pretty darn hot. And he's just becoming, you know, it's just becoming a product of that. Um, so I, I think that's kind of what's helping Cooley in so many different ways um, versus Bedard. But and I feel like that's why it shows the value for Bedard a little bit more. But I feel like it's still going to be one hell of a fight. I feel like. I think I even knew going back to the odds too. I think FanDuel before the season started had Logan Cooley at like plus 1500 or something like that. Um, and then I think even Luke Hughes was, was, uh, had better odds than Logan Cooley. And all of a sudden, uh, Cooley moved up in the, in the odds after week two or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But the Bedard odds weren't really bettable in my opinion. And I saw a lot of people jumping on the Logan Cooley train and, I think that was the bet that made the most sense. So folks that did back, it got to feel pretty good through the, the early going at least. Oh, but they got, I mean, you got to, um, and it's, I mean, again, if you're better, you know, that you pick up the value, the value picks, like right? who is going to end up, you know, potentially make you the most money out of what has at least a decent chance of happening. Correct. Anything else we should touch on before we close things off on here? I feel like we've, we've, we've gone through a decent amount. When's Logan Cooley? When's that first tuck coming? You got a prediction? What game is? It? Oh God! Um, I, let me see. <laughs> oh, you know what's you, you know what's going to be. So I've been. Does he have a birthday coming up or something? Is there a special day ahead? <laughs> I don't know about that, but you know what? I'm going to predict the next one is going to be against the Seattle Kraken when Maddie Beneers comes to town. <laughs> oh, I would like that. I like that prediction, Robin. I mean, again, it's like it's going to be against one of the when like one of the top like um you know young players it's gonna yeah, be I mean, you know one of those fu- one, one of those fun battles that would be a good one to get it in i hope it happens for you awesome well jack appreciate you coming on this crossover episode where can uh my listeners and your listeners find you and your work yes absolutely you can check out the lockdown blackhawks podcast for free wherever you may be listening to your podcasts you can go and find the show uh the show's twitter x account what is whatever it's called these days <laughs> wild yeah. times we live in robin you can go and follow that 
at capital L capital O underscore Blackhawks. Or if you want to check out my personal, you can find that at Jack Bushman too. Awesome. And for the Lockdown Coyotes podcast, you can also find us wherever you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, the Sirius XM radio app, also ad-free on Amazon Music. That's a really great place to listen to if you'd like if you like to listen without ads. Um, on social media, we're on uh, on X at L O underscore Coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Uh, if you want to follow my co-host, you can find uh, him. He's actually not on X. He deleted his X profile over the weekend. Uh, you can find him on Threads though. He's at AZ underscore Sports underscore guy i'm still going to be so upset with them having that many underscores but it's okay (laughs) (laughs) it happens anyways thanks again everyone for listening today's episode we'll see you guys next time